Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Nelson Show. And I apologize now if you're watching the video of this and have to look at my ugly face. <laughs> uh, Going to be a great show today. So before I get started, though, I would like to do a quick plug here for the Hero Company. They make a bunch of great hardware for your wrists, your hat, uh, your head, for your shirts, whatever you want. This one here is called... The Vindicta Skull Cuba uh, Cuban Link Bracelet. Sorry, trying to read the little thing they got there. So if you're watching, you can kind of see it's uh, black. It's got a skull on it right there. Underneath side says Justice. The other side says Wrath. So the little card that comes with it kind of gives you a description of what its meaning is. Um, so this is uh, the Vindicta Skull Cuban Link Bracelet. In a world full of evil, there comes a time when you must take a stand for what is right, for what is just. When others indifferently look the other way, you follow a moral code. The Vindicta Skull Cuban Link Bracelet celebrates this passion you and others like you possess. When enough is enough, it's time to act. Wear this bracelet proudly, knowing that you are committed to righting the wrongs and knowing that it helps veterans suffering from PTSD. And then it comes with a quote here from Ezekiel twenty-five seventeen. Now, this is not for us. This is uh, what God's vengeance is. I will carry out great vengeance on them and punish them in my wrath. Then they will know that I am the Lord when I take vengeance on them. And then the other side of this card is Vindicta. Like the links of a chain, the bonds forged in the adversity are stronger than any other. When faced with challenges of difficult times, we grow closer to those who support and help us going for, uh, help us keep us going. Friends, family, fellow soldiers, and even God. These unbreakable links support the foundation of who you are. In darkness, under fire, when adversity arises, you are stronger because you are bound by honor and gritty determination. The Vindicta Skull Cuban Link Bracelet serves as both a reminder and a warning to all forces that would seek to cause you harm. The Hero Company. And uh, their their mission is the proceeds go to help provide either shelter dogs or service dogs, depending on your needs, to uh, veterans of the armed forces. is kind of their main area, but they also do it for police and fire. So... It's a good place to go start looking around. You know, they got some cool stuff there. And yeah, 
Go to theherocompany.com. Check it out. So this episode today is about calling out kind of Christians in general. Now, don't take this the wrong way because I am by far perfect, by far from Christian as I should be. I mean, I believe in God, I believe in Jesus and what that whole thing is. You know, I've been learning a lot about the Bible lately and kind of how it's it seems to be coming true. <laughs> and just, I see a lot of stuff though, unfortunately, that is parts of the worldly and not of the spiritual. And that's why I kind of titled this one Convenient Christian. Because we all, I think we all get kind of caught up in when it's convenient for us, we want to be Christians. But when we should be living Christian, uh, you know, the Christian lifestyle all the time. And I've seen a lot lately, especially within, uh, what would you say, celebrity statuses that want to claim Christianity, but don't live it, really. I mean, they, they kind of live it. And I'm just going to use, since I've used Taylor Swift before, I'm going to use Taylor Swift again. So she claims to be Christian and have these Christian values. And, you know, her her boyfriend, Travis Kelsey, gets on there and they ask, I don't remember what the question was they asked him, but he says, oh, people, people really like us because of our values. Now, I don't know what their values really are because I'm pretty sure... Taylor Swift is one of those my body, my choice people, which in, I don't, I would think in a Christian manner would mean that you don't kill an unborn baby. But that whole movement has been all about my body, my choice and abortion on demand or whatever. Not really the Christian side of that. That means, hey, you know what? Especially if you're not married, maybe you should not be practicing those immoralities. But hey, they've got morals, so you should sit, do what they say. <laughs> and part of the problem here is our worldly stuff, I think, has taken sight instead of our spiritual side. That, you know, I think we try and live to our own human means versus looking for the bigger picture. And like I said, I'm not trying to point out the speck in anybody's eyes because I can see the log in mine. Um, there is, I, I'm pretty conflicted, I guess I would say, because I try to be more Christian-like. And I know it makes me a happier person, a more mellow person. And I think it helps me to realize a lot of my faults but at the same time I start looking at people and churches that want to claim Christianity but then they're doing the immoral things that the Bible says is immoral and a sin but they're claiming it as being inclusive now we have a lot of other people also in governments alone not just saying that hey you know it's us us humans that give you your rights not a higher power so just to 
touch into that. Here's a post from my Instagram here that'll kind of explain a little more. Now this is, um, I'm not sure who this is. It's a lady here on MSNBC, you know, of all places that I can find great information from. <laughs> it's how Christian nationalism could shape a second Trump term. And I'm going to get into a little bit of politics on all of this stuff as well here in a minute. But just so you can hear what this lady's saying and just take it in. Oh, wait, I, I probably ought to get hit some volume here somehow. Oh, there it is. Hold on. Let me start this over. Hold on. Okay, now let's start this over. Dang it. I am I apologize. I'm Now, I don't know, I had to let that play a couple times to let that sink in. Because this is what a lot of these political pundits and a lot of people from the left think. This is how they think. Now, a lot of these same exact people will claim to be Christians when they're asked about it. You know, or when they're kind of put on the spot. They're the convenient Christians. Now, I, I know a lot of people could say, yes, that could be the same thing about Trump, which it probably really is. I mean, he says that he believes in the Bible and God. I don't really know how much that is true. I don't know Trump. Um, I think it could just be kind of a political ploy. And I mean, it's not right, but just how unfortunate our world is you know because the the farther i see society in general around the world kind of falling off a cliff for the most part and bad policies being created all over the world by people a lot of them not even people that have been elected to an office at all um and i'm i'm pretty sure it was romans that says, you know, basically pay your taxes and that God has put these people into these positions. So, and I think the reason why that is true, even though they may suck really bad at what they do, I think if we stay in a constant state of relaxation and everything's easy all the time, then we don't look to God for to help fix problems that arise or any kind of inconvenience to our way of lives. So I think, you know, regardless of how bad I think Biden sucks, 
and his policies suck, and I can see other people that influence his policies that suck, that if we didn't have those, we wouldn't, I think, in general, I mean, there's always the people that are going to be on his camp and his side that basically go along with anything and everything he says. But they're, when asked upon, I mean, Biden himself is always talking about how good of a Christian he is. Even though these people don't really live Christian lives. I mean, I'm pretty positive there's enough documents out there that have proved his wrongdoings. Now, even on the effect of abortion, you know, and these people that call themselves Christians but support abortions. And I mean, that's a touchy subject because I, I think I've kind of essentially drawn my own conclusion that I'm going to speak out about it, but I'm not going to go stand in front of a place and stop a woman from going in there and having an abortion because that's going to be between her and God at the end of time, uh, at the end of our individual times. And it is unfortunate, but that is, you know, the way of the world. And unfortunately, a lot of these places that support this kind of movement get a lot of funding and they're the loudest. And I, I mean, there was some, I don't remember what the exact quote is, but the saying basically is, you know, all this bad stuff will happen if good men sit on the sidelines basically and don't do anything. And uh, I think it's pretty true. And like I say, with, with Taylor Swift, well, I'm kind of using her again as an example because she has a lot of influence, especially over our young and their I mean, I don't know how many countless parents out there that if their kids are these little Swifties are bowing essentially to this person. Now, there's a, a documentary on Netflix that I, I didn't really want to watch, but at the same time, I'm like, you know, what? I want to see into this person's mind, you know, because you can hear all this stuff all over the news about, oh, Taylor Swift is this or that and whatever, but these documentaries, you know, where they follow them around and get their own insights into their world. Um, it's called Miss Americana, Taylor Swift. And it was an eye opener because you get to see into her personality a little bit, you know, and what she believes. And they even go into kind of into her political stance, I guess you could say. And, you know, from when she was, from young, coming into stardom, I mean, she's always been a kind of charismatic person in general. She liked to entertain, but she also really loves to get the feedback from her fans, I guess you could say. She wants that acceptance. She's always striving for that acceptance. And when I got done watching, I was actually a little bit sad for her because that without this acceptance from other people she really feels like she has nothing and has failed at whatever her accomplishments are so I, it was really kind of an eye-opening thing i said i didn't really want to watch it but i i like to see into the minds of other people especially when they claim to be christians but then they have these other views that kind of go against being a Christian, you know what I mean? So anyways, that's enough about Taylor Swift. Um, 
I did have, oh, let's see, I had another, let's see, so some fun stuff to read here out of the bio. I mean, maybe some of you get sick of me talking about all this stuff, but it goes into a lot of the stuff we deal with every day um, that we just don't, I guess, realize. So this is from Isaiah 1. Uh, starting right from the first, and it's going to be a little bit of a long part here, but I think it's relative. So this is the vision of Isaiah, the son of Amos, which he saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem in the days of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah, the wickedness of Judah. Hear, O heavens, and give ear, O earth, for the Lord has spoken. Children have I reared and brought up, but they have rebelled against me. The ox knows its owner, and the donkey its master's crib. But Israel does not know my people. Oh, does... Sorry, I screwed that up. But Israel does not know. My people do not understand. A sinful nation, a people laden with iniquity, offspring of evildoers, Children who deal corruptly, they have forsaken the Lord. They have despised the Holy One of Israel. They are utterly estranged. Why will you still be struck down? Why will you continue to rebel? The whole head is sick and the whole heart faint. From the sole of the foot, even to the head, there is no soundness in it, but bruises and sores and raw wounds. They are not pressed out or bound up or softened with oil. Your country lies desolate. Your cities are burned with fire. In your very presence, foreigners devour your land. It is desolate, as overthrown by foreigners, and the daughter, daughter of Zion is left like a booth in a vineyard, like a lodge in a cucumber field like a besieged city. If the Lord of hosts had not left us a few survivors, we should have been like Sodom and become like Gomorrah. Hear the word of the Lord, you rulers of Sodom. Give ear to the teaching of our God, you people of Gomorrah. What to me is the multitude of your sacrifices, says the Lord. I have had enough of burnt offerings of rams and the fat of well-fed beasts. I do not delight in the blood of bulls or of lambs or of goats. When you come to appear before me, who has required of you this trampling of my courts? Bring no more vain offerings. Incense is an abomination to me. New moon and Sabbath and the calling of convocations. I cannot endure iniquity and solemn assembly. Your new moons and your new appointed feasts my soul hates. They have become a burden to me. I am weary of bearing them. When you spread out your hands, I will hide my eyes from you. Even though you make many prayers, I will not listen. Your hands are full of blood. Wash yourselves. Make yourselves clean. Remove the evil of your deeds from before my eyes. Cease to do evil. Learn to do good. Seek justice. Correct oppression. Bring justice to the fatherless. Plead the widow's cause. Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. 
Though they are red like crimson, they shall become like wool. If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, you shall be eaten by the sword. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. The Unfaithful City How the faithful city has become a whore. She who was full of justice, righteousness lodged in her, but now murderers. Your silver has become dross, your best wine mixed with water. Your princes are rebels and companions of thieves. Everyone loves a bribe and runs after gifts. They do not bring justice to the fatherless, and the widow's cause does not come to them. Therefore the Lord declares, the Lord of hosts, the mighty one of Israel, Ah, I will get relief from my enemies and avenge myself on my foes. I will turn my hand against you and will smelt your, away your dross as with lye and remove all your alloy. I will restore your judges as at the first and your counselors as at the beginning. Afterwards you shall be called the city of righteousness, the faithful city. Zion shall be redeemed by justice and those in her who repent by righteousness. But rebels and sinners shall be broken together, and those who forsake the Lord shall be consumed. For they shall be ashamed of the oaks that you desired, and you shall blush for the gardens that you have chosen. For you shall be like an oak whose leaf withers, and like a garden without water. And the strong shall become tender, and his work a spark, and both of them shall burn together with none to quench them. Now, I don't know about you, but that sounds a little bit familiar to what's going on in Europe and here in the United States by, I, I, I would guess, the plan, God's plan. And that's where I myself get really convicted. And I do, I do get worked up. I get worked up constantly, daily even. <laughs> looking at the worldly things going on, that it seems like there is no justice. And I'm looking for that wrath. I want that wrath against the things I perceive as injustices upon us, even though that's not mine for the taking. And I, I keep thinking to myself, I need to be more like Jesus. I need to forgive. I need to forgive these people for they know not what they do. I have to try and keep telling myself that because I start seeing what is happening with nations in general. And just the either the, the willful incompetence of the leaders that have been put there. Or just it's they're doing it on purpose. With a globalization purpose in mind. That's how I kind of feel like they've it's coordinated, even though it's not like a bunch of people going in a, a dark back room and discussing how they're going to take over the world. I don't think it's necessarily that. I just think they're like-minded. So when somebody says something you know, on one side of the world, people that think the same way that are in positions of power will echo the same thing in their region. And I mean, with technology today, I mean, everything, this internet right here that I'm using now to put this podcast on or on your airways everything you listen to that i'm saying it can go all around the world now and uh 
parts of our problems I am seeing now, especially, are within our biggest churches. Now, we have seen the movement of the trans community, the LGBTQ+, yada yada, whatever they want to call themselves now, or however they're feeling, second to second. I don't need to go to the passage in the Bible to understand that that is not right. And especially them trying to push it on our young children. Children that don't understand sexuality in the first place. They know, you know, God give us the we know right from wrong from birth. Even though kids try and test that theory out quite often, <laughs> as anybody that's been a parent knows, that we need to figure out how to combat that. And now this is another conflicting thing that I have is I want violence when I start watching the the in, either incompetences or the blatant disregard for law that are hurting other people are open borders here in the U.S., what Europeans have done to their own country is letting immigrants just flood in, unvetted, lots of them not having the same morals. Most of them coming from countries that persecute Christians and slaughter them because they don't believe the same way they do. And it's happening everywhere. Canada's doing it. The United States is doing it. We have got Chinese nationals coming through. We have got people from Iran, uh, many other Middle Eastern countries that are not Christian. They have a different set of moral values that degrade women in general. But we have the people that were at one point here, especially here in the United States, screaming the loudest. The feminists coming out. Women want need their rights, uh, this or that. I don't even remember half the stuff they were screaming because it was complete nonsense. But when there are actual injustices against biological women, they're silent. They're silent. That tells me that their whole premise, everything they were doing at those times, was complete BS. The LGBTQ movement. Out there being loud, being this and that. Oh, you can't even say anything bad about them or somehow it's a hate crime now. Now, I still think we can treat these people with uh, being decent to them. But I'm not the one that's going to stand around if I've got somebody that I can tell is a dude going to go into a woman's bathroom, especially when there's other younger women going into that bathroom. I'm going to have a problem. Now, however that works out between what I end up doing and my time of death, because I am a sinner, I, I understand that, I know that. I, to an extent, have accepted some of that. <laughs> I bear full responsibility, though, for it. 
and I guess hopefully someday when uh, my time comes that I can plead that and I guess the chips lay where they lay I guess at that point so I had another uh, let me find another post here that was from uh, Instagram here so this is I think it was a uh, oh what was it I think it was a trans person that killed themselves and they go to I believe it was a Catholic church uh, let me see if I can find it I saved so much stuff here that I would love to talk about I just do not have enough time to really talk about all this stuff oh, I hope I saved it in here somewhere basically I mean they essentially desecrate the church uh where is it man it might be down here ways i don't i didn't think it was down this far maybe i did not save it anyways i guess that one's dang it i was hoping i could find that one because it was a really good one oh well it's kind of hard to tell too uh Well, here's kind of a an article here. So this one says, it's from Libs of TikTok. I mean, if you really want to be infuriated of parents, doctors, teachers that do this stuff to kids, Libs of TikTok, just all they do, and they are hated by the left, especially and all they're doing is posting videos of these leftists putting this stuff out there. This I don't remember what the lady's name is, but she takes the stuff and just reposts it so you can see it. Um, th this one says, what you're watching is one of the greatest medical scandals in modern history. Thousands of kids and adolescents sold the lie that they're born in the wrong body, and if they permanently alter their body, they can be happy. Now, this has a video to it here, and I just want you to listen to it because it's it's literally disgusting. And like I say, unfortunately, because I pay attention to a lot of this stuff that's going on out here in the world, that is where I fight demons the hardest because it infuriates me. And I want to take wrath. Even though I know it's not mine to take, I want to so badly. And the, the more I read scripture, the more I almost want to go to the next level and have God put me in his army that when we come back, we can set these injustices right to the people that will not do it themselves. Because even if some of them may claim to be Christian, and they've tricked themselves, either them or they're having Satan talk to them in their in their ear saying, Hey, you know, this is the way of the world. This is what we should be doing. It is wrong. This is a boy. This is a doctor. 
calling this boy. Now, this is the reporter calling this boy a girl. This is the mom. had to go through male These psychos should be thrown in a dark dungeon forever until they pass to the next life. This is the sickness that is going on, not just here in the United States, but all kinds of countries that have gone into this woke ideology that you can be whatever you want. It's completely muddled with mud and faults like this this lady that's a doctor. These people that are doing this report. And you can if you see this video, you'll see the agony in this poor boy's face as they're putting this implant in him, in his arm, to stop him from going through male puberty while the mom is all pushing this. This is psychotic. And this is the stuff that I am conflicted with because it infuriates me. Infuriates me, whatever that word is. <laughs> so, in better news, since I'm going to kind of move on here a little bit. I don't like to stay too comfortable because that's when you start getting complacent. But there's also parts... That I'm trying to get through to other people to realize that, look, if we stick our head in the sand and all we do is take care of us, we don't try and get the truth out there about what these other people are doing, or even if we know this is what they're doing, but we sit silent, are we even any better than them? And I go through this with people all the time. They get tired of hearing me talk about the politics. Oh, everything's politics. We should keep politics out of church. Um, I was listening to an episode of Jesse Kelly the other day, and he made a great point. He says, you may not want politics in your church, but politics will inject themselves into your church. And I was like, you know what? He's right, because these churches especially the ones that are allowing the desecration essentially with these transgender and homosexuals and basically encouraging encouraging it they're not real churches they're not christian churches anyways and speaking of that there is an old thing that happened oh i don't know it's probably been a couple months ago Everybody's seen what happened with all of these Antifa BLM movements. They basically ransacked the United States, tearing down any statues that they thought were oppressive, uh, that somebody might have been a slave owner, different uh, generals or whoever that fought in the Civil War, all kinds of whatever ridiculous nonsense they wanted to make up to go and basically destroy our history that we should be learning from not getting rid of and rewriting to their own agenda now this was a hate crime because a christian navy veteran 
tore down the satanic statue. Now, it's uh, the article here is from Breitbart. Christian Navy veteran charged for tearing down a Satan statue in Iowa's capital. Story goes, a Christian U.S. Navy veteran has been charged with a hate crime after admitting to beheading the Satanic Temple statue on display at the Iowa State Capitol in December. Now remember, these are the same state capitals that want to get rid of anything that has to do with God or Christianity. But it's okay that they can put up a statue of Satan. Now this one has the, the goat head with the star on his head with two children looking up to him. It's essentially the fallen angel with a boy, a little boy and a little girl looking up to him. That's okay. The article goes on. Michael Cassidy was initially charged with misdemeanor criminal mischief on December 15th, but the Polk County Attorney's Office indicated that the Mississippi man's admission that he destroyed the property because of the victim, uh, the victim's religion, which is the Satanic Temple, prompted the charges to be upgraded to a third-degree criminal mischief in violation of individual rights, a Class D felony. The cost to repair or replace the damaged Satan statue would be between $750 and $1,500, prosecutors said. The Polk County Attorney's Office seeks fair and just resolutions of all cases as we continue to apply the law equally to all, regardless of religion, race, sexual orientation, or economic status, officials added. You tell me that ain't a load of crap. The retired military officer originally made headlines after tearing down and removing the head from the statue. Now, unfortunately, for doing these uh, crimes against humanity, I guess, you know, the way they kind of try and make this person out. I want to just reread that quote here from the officials. The Polk County Attorney's Office seeks fair and just resolutions of all cases as we continue to apply the law equally to all, regardless of religion, race, sexual orientation, or economic status. Why did none of Antifa or BLM or any of those people get charged? Oh, wait, some of them got arrested, and guess what happened? Our Democrat and leftists, and Hollywood, and all them, they raised money for them to bail them out. Hmm. I mean, I hope, I, I hope you see now why my rage, the, the demons I fight within me, I struggle with, because I see these injustices, these hypocrisies, and it infuriates me. And I don't like to feel that way. And maybe, maybe, like I say, maybe that's part of God's plan. And that's, this stuff has to happen to try and get people to turn to God and listen and understand. You know, there's so many parts in the Bible. And even, even if you haven't watched it, you should watch it. It's called The Chosen. This goes through Jesus's life. And, you know, it's, it's, in some series 
of where he's talking about his own disciples, even after following him all over the all over the place and listening to his sermons, but they still do not understand what he is talking about. That we, to this day, still do not understand what Jesus' teachings even were. I mean, I'm starting to do a little bit bigger dive into all this stuff. Like I say, I, I think probably, especially for people that are just starting out into Bible study and stuff like that, don't get a King James Version. <laughs> I'm not saying that King James Version is the wrong version. It's still the Bible. It's just harder to understand than some of the newer versions. They're saying the same thing, just in more plain English that helps you understand it. And you also, I think the, the key thing is too, is to not look at it in our worldly view, but as the writers of the time wrote it. And that was another good book that I read, uh, thanks to my pastor, Mike. The Unseen Realm really helped me. It, it dissects a lot of the Bible and helps you understand from the Old Testament into the New Testament what the writers of that time would have been thinking about or the how it was at that time instead of our present time where we try and literalize it into what we hope it should mean, I guess. I don't know, maybe that's not quite the right words, but something similar to that. But the more... I get into the churches and the convenient Christians, you know, it's 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 true to a state that the churches are starting to fall. And like Jesse Kelly said, if you don't want to inject political stuff into your church, these are the things I, I argue all the time is that if we don't speak up, I mean, we can all get in our own little circles and complain about stuff all the time. But if we don't do certain things to have our voices heard, they are not heard. I mean, it's just that simple. And that's where I think we're at these days is that we don't stand up and openly speak out against stuff. And I, I get it all the time. I get it from my own family all the time. Oh, why is everything so political with you all the time? I was like, because I'm trying to let you guys understand what's going on around you so you can take logical decisions to combat it. And that's where a lot of people don't want to open their eyes. They just, it's life's, I, I agree, life is a lot easier if you just stick your head in the sand and plug your ears and pretend it's not happening. Although it is happening, and then eventually life gets a lot worse. We keep wanting to send, it's not, it's not that I don't want to be humanitarian, but we have a lot of problems here in the United States that we got to take care of because this is, this is the Titanic and we have hit the iceberg. And if we do not get off this boat or do something to correct it, we're going down with the boat all there is to it we're 34 trillion i mean i don't even know how it even got to this number it, it is just mind-blowing that we are over 34 trillion dollars and counting by the second 
in mass amounts of debt to who? To the Fed, to other countries. And some of these other countries are starting to see what's going on here. And they're trying to get out of the dollar. Our dollar is not the world's currency anymore. I mean, it still is to an extent. And you'll get people all over in the news and stuff that are saying, oh, our dollar's strong, you know. And people like this current administration saying, oh, well, guess what? The uh, Our economy's doing better than it's ever done. Really? Because unless you're at the top where you have lots of money, I don't think people feel the same way about that. And now that you start seeing like all this all this money that Congress has passed for for the IRS to I think they hired like close to eighty thousand new agents. Now they claim this just gives them more flexibility to go after the rich and you know the people that are way in debt in their taxes to you know, kind of clean up the books, so to say. But people that don't understand how our economy has always worked, as it's been the middle class that, because it is the biggest, pays the the, the brunt of all of these policies. So I don't know. It'll be interesting to see, like say, I think there's a big fork in the road, and depending on which direction we take, um, that could be a big uh, change in how our lives are. Oh, yeah. So, we have we have different issues that happen in life. And I guess depending on how we deal with them, we could either make uh, good of it. Or bad of it. And like I say, I've, I'm just as guilty as anybody else being a convenient Christian. And what I mean about that is, you know, sometimes we try and we, we're trying to help people. And we have we have stuff going on in our own lives. I don't I don't deny that. I know my life's busy all the time and I try and be decent to people. Um, I've started to find out, though, the older I get, the less patience I have with rude people um i've never been good at dealing with people that want to yell at me even if even if it's my fault i have to really bite my tongue and just let them say their piece and then try and come to a resolution but i usually try and own up to my my screw-ups i try to and I just, you know, it's, just, it's a struggle because I just see the dumbification, especially of our younger generation, our kids. They're not being really taught things to teach them about what's going to come up in life. They're taught these transgender things. They're taught uh, the revisionist history. And I, thankfully for my life, I've been trying to get the kids kind of on more of a, a stricter routine, I guess, you know, getting to church, dealing with getting the classroom stuff taken care of, leaving their devices home so they can be present to learn about this stuff. Because I feel, I feel there's a, 
a pool between good and evil right now. It's like it's kind of balancing out to a 50-50 pool back and forth. There's the people that want the righteousness and the justice to happen. And there's the people on the left that just want it to be their way. And I don't know how, you know, I don't know how this is all going to pan out. I'm not a foretayer of the future, but I mean, a lot of things I've been reading in the Bible, though, they uh, seem pretty relevant to a lot of stuff going on. So we have, I'm going to shift gears here kind of to something else. You know, taking up enough of your time, but maybe you don't, you don't have anything better going on and you just want to hear me ramble on. <laughs> so this guy is a depopulation person, which unfortunately we have people, especially like Bill Gates, people from the WEF, they are completely sold on this climate change garbage. And, and realistically, I don't even know if they believe it fully. It may just be a control power play. I mean, that's still, I think, a debate that needs to happen down the road. But God, I don't think, designed this planet for us to easily be able to destroy it. We can destroy ourselves within it on its surface. We can destroy ourselves. I mean, we're, we're essentially doing that. We're following the way of Europe. And I think these globalist people understand that, that if we have a country that is essentially greater economically, militarily, everything else, than all these other countries around the world, then it is an inequality to these other countries. So if we bring all the countries down to the same level of suck, then they can rebuild it in their image. You know, kind of like the, the build back better. But this guy here is a depopulation guy. Okay, so this is the Club of Rome member, Dennis Meadows. 
And he believes we need to reduce the population from 7 billion to just 1 or 2 billion. And, you know, I think you heard there, if we had a smart dictatorship, we need a dictator, basically, to make this stuff happen. Which means that you do not have civil liberties. You do not have more liberties. Uh, typically, this is crazy talk. How do you how do you do it without violence, without force? Depopulate the planet. Well, part of it is you talk people into not having kids, which is kind of happening. You force them into not having kids economically because they can't afford to. Um, and I mean, I was probably the same way there for a while. Why would I want to have kids and bring them into this world that seems so corrupt? That's kind of how I view it as. And I think a lot of the younger generation is starting to feel that way. I mean, I'm glad I didn't. I, I mean, I love my kids and they have been a great joy, even if not all the time. <laughs> but these are the people that have assumed powerful roles because they are intellectuals now i don't know if you know this maybe you probably do that the intellectuals back in the day were the pharisees and they are also the ones who crucified essentially jesus i mean it was the romans but they're the ones that handed jesus over to the romans because they didn't believe that he was the messiah so there's people like this that roam the face of this earth that are misguided by their own intellectual, I think they talk themselves. I think a lot of them truly believe this. Like this guy, I think he truly believes this stuff. Bill Gates, I know, does too. He's he said it over and over again, but then when he's asked about it, he denies it. And then you remember... We have our current president, if you want to call him that, Joe Biden. He's always, he, he campaigned on being this great uniter. And I don't know about you, but when you call out essentially half the population as the enemy, I don't see how that unites anybody. So here he is. Donald Trump. Why is it that the Democrats are always blaming the last administration, especially if it was Republican, that all the problems, I mean, he's been in office for what, a little over three years now? That all of these problems, he, I mean, I'm not trying to defend Donald Trump on all the stuff he does. But you can't deny, after Obama left office, how quickly things changed under Donald Trump, in my opinion, for the better. We had cheaper energy, fuel prices were down. We 
were more independent from control over other nations, um, especially OPEC nations, where we got a lot of our oil from. Oh, sorry, sorry, bad man. Good grief. Rookie. I'm a rookie. Sorry. But this is his rhetoric over and over again. MAGA Republicans, you know, people that want to help bring everybody up. That's how I look at MAGA Republicans. We want to help bring everybody up. And that is a problem for people like Joe Biden and these elitists around the world. Because if we're all living good, then they don't have a problem to solve. So right now, I mean, Joe Biden, I think, is going to at least give the uh, illusion that he's doing something for the border, you know, because it is an election season. He's created the problem. First hundred days, policies that were working under Trump, immigrants coming to the border, crossing the border, Having any inclination of coming to the border was down because Trump said, hey, look, do not come here. We, You will be caught, deported, whatever. And that has not been the message from the current administration. But first hundred days, all the policies that Trump had essentially had to executive order into uh, to whatever, you know, given those policies, executive order were wiped out with a stack of them. And he was proud because the left was so unhinged that Donald Trump got in there, not Hillary Clinton, that they were screaming the loudest to have all of Donald Donald Trump erased. And if you don't believe me, uh, there was an interesting deal with the new... All this new AI that's coming out, it's going to... The only way it's going to destroy us is because we believe what it's telling us. Now, I've said this multiple times before. AI is only as good as the people that put the information into it. So Instagram, AI, I don't remember what it's called, but somebody had asked, you know, the list of the presidents. Well, you go down the list of presidents and guess who's not on that list as the 45th president? Donald Trump, it shows Joe Biden as the 45th president. Now, I don't know about you, but that means there's a four years missing somewhere in there. (laughs) Uh, Like I say, the only way AI is going to destroy us is by us believing what it's telling us. I mean, there are some things I think it will do good in, but... The biasness, I mean, Google's the same way. It has all the same biases in it. If people like this depopulation guy are putting their information in it, and this machine is only, machines can only do what they're programmed to do. Now with AI, a lot of people can confuse calculations with it being a sentient being. It can never and will never be sentient. Now, people convince themselves that it is because it it answered my question. Like I was talking to a real person. Same thing that they talk themselves into thinking their child is in the wrong body. 
It's lunacy. Um, let's see. Yeah, so you got Microsoft, and unfortunately Microsoft pretty well runs everybody's software these days that's not on Apple. Um, Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella says company is using AI to track disinformation and misinformation. Now let's break that down a little bit because these people, once again, won't debate you on merits and facts. They make up their own facts. And they are the ones that are trying to create these uh, boards of people that are supposedly the uh, arbiters of truth while essentially suppressing the truth. Whether you have all the documents, whatever, if it's not in their agenda, yeah, they will use it as, oh, that's misinformation. It does not go with our agenda. i got to remove some of this stuff out of here after I read through it so I don't keep going along with it again. Um, now, let's see... Cash in envelopes, how the U.S. and U.N. are funding the border crisis. Now, I don't know if you remember here in Isaiah where I was saying. Um, let's see. Do, 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 do. Let's see. Where was I here? And there, Father one. All right, I got too much. Too much highlighted here. <laughs> Lodged in her, but now murderers. Your silver has become dross. These are one of those briber. Just the others. Anyways, basically about uh, foreigners robbing your land or whatever it said. Something similar to that. So this one is a story from the Epic Times. Um, cash in envelopes. How the U.S. and U.N. are funding the border crisis. Because you got to remember, these migrants are pretty, pretty poor people. And to make a trek up from South America is not cheap. Especially the way they're, they're coming. Bus trains... Uh, whatever kind of transportation, walking. So, this story goes on. It says, The United States is bankrolling its own invasion by funding the United Nations and its partners, which in turn give hundreds of millions of dollars in cash and aid to migrants who eventually cross the U.S. southern border illegally. Now, if you still don't believe that this is a planned operation, you got to think in the minds of these elites around the world because if, if the United States is still at the top and we're not broke down to be just as broken down as the rest of these European countries and other countries around the world, it's harder for them to implement their policies evenly as a global economic and uh, whatever world. They want this to be a global thing. They want global control of everything. Your food, your finances, your 
you're everything. You know, the whole phrase of uh, you will own nothing and be happy. That's these people. While the UN has aided migrants for decades, the scope of its operation has dramatically expanded as the number of illegal immigrants from at least 160 countries into the United States has surged. That expansion has been fueled by more than $1 billion in funding from the U.S. government to the UN and other agencies assisting migrants according to a government spending database. We're actually funding our own border crisis, Todd Benzman, Senior National Security Fellow at the Center for Immigration Studies, a pro-immigrant, low-immigration think tank, told the Epic Times. There you have it, folks. Uh, If you think life sucks, it's probably not going to get any better with these people. Um, Let's see, here we are. Biden's call calls on Republicans authorized critical assistance for Ukraine. Now, like I said, we've been... uh, broke now we had a 20-year war that supposedly ended poorly or badly or if we want to say it's ended we're still we're just fighting other wars so i don't know if you can really say we've ended the 20-year war in iraq and afghanistan we just they're dumping oodles of cash now into ukraine now the backstory on ukraine if it's true uh implements the Bidens in a lot of corruption over there that, as most people will admit, left and right, Ukraine has been a pretty corrupt country for quite some time. But hey, you know what, let's just keep throwing them cash and military weapons to perpetuate a war with Russia that, you know, may or may not bring in the end times with apocalyptic uh, atomic bombs. (laughs) Um, Let's see. National Security Bill. Now that is a national security bill. You tell me why it's a national security bill and we're sending the majority of that money to another country. I want to say it was like $60 billion out of $100 billion that they had gone through. I don't know, something like that. Some ridiculous amount of, you know, this monopoly money that we do not have. So, you know, like I said, this debt... It's, it's not even our debt. This is our children's 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 debt. That's how far down this hole we are right now. And politicians right now don't seem to want to make the hard choices because they're still trying to keep their jobs in Congress, which some of them I don't know how. You know, a lot of the ones that know their time is coming uh, pretty much are just resigning and saying, you know, I'm getting out while the getting's good and uh, see ya. Sorry, everything's so screwed up. 
All right, this is probably gonna give us something again here. Let's delete this one off of here. Oh, let's see. Oh, here's here's another brilliancy here. So, also, if you have um any common sense on how money works, raising the minimum wage. To $50 an hour. $50 an hour. Let's see. Here's a, here's a, I think it's a congresswoman from California. Oh, Senate candidate, Barbara Lee. Okay, so that was a Senate candidate for California. Now, I'm not a smart person, but I do know that she talks about affordability. Now, you can look at the statistics of California and policies that have been implemented there and start to understand why. But she's not talking about the minimum wage in California. She's talking about minimum wage in general. You know, or maybe I misread that and she is talking about, hey, in California, we'll raise the minimum wage to $50 an hour. Well, they've already done that in a lot of states to $15 an hour, especially for fast food workers. And small businesses can't really afford that. They have a very limited budget. So what did they do? They've moved out, shut down, whatever. They've gotten out of those states because they can't afford to pay that many people. There is a... There's, and this lady knows this, especially if, if she's telling the truth anyways, and she understands business and the costs that go into running a business, especially a small business, that if you paid people $50 an hour or were forced to pay them $50 an hour, I know what I would do as a business owner. I'm going to keep the most qualified people that'll help keep my business running, and I will be paying them the $50 an hour and everybody else is going to the chopping block. That's just basic economics, which I'm sure she understands. At least I'm giving her the benefit of the doubt that she understands. And here's a uh, Joe Bob.
<laughs> yeah, and then robots. Where they can automate this stuff, I, uh, I think it's California that has fully automated fast food, like McDonald's, I'm pretty sure, because they got the capital to do that. Because they understood that at $15 an hour, start doing the math there, that adds up pretty quick. How much is one of these robots? Mm, okay, so that's 100 grand, 200 grand. I need three of them to fully do everything that this thing needs, and it's all automated through a computer system. Okay, so I spend $300,000 one time, you know, and factor in the, the cost that it would take for maintenance and all that stuff but essentially have zero employees there that I would have to pay Medicare, uh, Social Security, you know, all these things on to. It's a no-brainer. That $300,000 is coming back tenfold in the long run. So even though people get tricked into believing, it's like, yeah, I should make $50 an hour. This lady's right, because I cannot live, uh, you know, making a hundred grand a year in this state. And they don't look at why they have to make a hundred grand to live in that state. So I don't know. I don't know where society's going, but it's not in a good place right now. But I, I've wasted enough of your time here. I mean, like I say, I could go on for hours with just different clips that I save on here, because they have... They have weight to them, and they just, I mean, I don't know how to really describe the, the broad variety, I guess you could say, of stuff that it, it pretty much covers the spectrum, <laughs> as, as uh, the rainbow alphabet people would like to say, but you know what? I think we should take the rainbow back. It used to have an innocent meaning to it until, you know, the gay community decided that, that it was theirs, that somehow they owned it. I don't get that, but whatever. So, I guess to end this out, I would just like to say go, go to the Hero Company, check out their merch. Um, I will always find other fun, insightful stuff. Because there's just stuff happening all the time. Like I say, I mean, I just got to try and relax sometimes. Uh, like I said before, that's why I do this podcast, to get this stuff out of my brain to make more space <laughs> for other, for new incoming stuff that it's like, I can't, I can't handle it all in there at the same time. So if I get some of it out of there, I free up that space to put other junk in there sometimes, but to process it too. And then hopefully at some point or another, uh, this all comes to, you know, I guess like I've, like I've understood the Bible. It all is a circle pointing back to one thing. And uh, I think it was today that we learned about the cornerstone. That the Bible points back to that cornerstone all the time because that's where you get your square. That's where you get your balance from. And all the other good stuff that we should be living our lives out to. And other than that, I think I will 
end this with oh wait i this is a song that i like uh along with a few other ones but this one especially when my kids say caleb plays it way too much i'm like i haven't even heard this on there for quite a while so here we go shall we Till next time, folks, it's the Nelson Show, signing out.